This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah. You were able to finally get it done. What was the difference? Well, I think uh, we've done a good job most of the year, uh, believe it or not, in perimeter blocking. And so, you know, I thought they did a great job of that when we can get the ball on the outside and effectively control the, you know, defensive backs and secondary defenders, um, you know, and get the edge of the box pinned down. That was that was a big part of the run game, obviously, on Saturday. And, and so we were able to get the ball outside and get Dylan freed up. And um, that just kept showing up we had to use some shifts and motions to get to some different looks and you know manipulate the box numbers a little bit and that worked out pretty well for us so is the plan going in to run it 42 times or that's just kind of that's that's always an opportunity that's always an option softy it's always an option but uh we felt we felt pretty confident that you know the run game was was going to be able to have a, a chance to get on track and and do really well and um like i said the guys executed really well and i, I do think it's worth saying that um you know, the kids do take it personal. They obviously don't want to run for 13 yards against Arizona State, you know, and uh, I think they've been practicing harder every week. Um, I think that they truly believe they can get better, and I think for a coach, that's that's half the battle. If guys are in a position like this and you're 9-0 and and things are going your way as far as wins and losses, that they actually believe that there's a possibility of getting better. And I know they think that. I really do, and I know they – they know they got a huge test this week against a really, really good defense. And, um, you know, we're going to have to practice even better than we did last week. So how much uh, different physically is Dylan Johnson from week one out here coming into week 10? Oh, he's night and day. Yeah, he's, he's a lot better. Um, you know, that was, that was a physical game for him. So we obviously got to take care of him and get him back to full strength. But, you know, I actually pointed that out to the offense as far as getting stronger as the season goes on and taking care of your body and getting yourself in a position to to be able to be a difference maker and and that's what i thought dylan has done a great job of is is strengthening his body and getting him in a position because he was you know i, I would say he was 75 to 80 percent you know week one and now i think you're getting closer to where he's getting more to his top man i still think dylan has as a football player i think he's still got a lot to to prove and be even better I mean, I mean that in a really good way. Like, I think his top end is really, really high. Where I saw him come full circle was, I think the first time I ever saw him run the ball in the spring, he stiff-armed a guy to the ground, and he did that against SC, too. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a super strong kid. He can he can throw 315 on and rack that out like 15 times. I mean, he's super powerful. So um, it's just good seeing the skill set that, that we believed in that, that DJ had and, and see it come to fruition. What, what is the growth area still? You know, I think the the top end speed and and sustainability throughout a game, you know, which I thought he did a great job of this week, you know, toting the ball that much and, you know, wanting to be in the game, kind of almost demanding to be in there. And um, I think that for him is still the physical conditioning part and just the top end speed. With your offense, there's, you know, obviously a lot of attention on the quarterback, the wide receivers, rightfully so. But 
seeing the specific plays that Devin Culp has made this season, as well as some of your other tight ends, how important has he been and how important has that position group been? Yeah, the, the tight ends have always been, um, you know, part of this offensive scheme. And I think the better, obviously, that room is, uh, the more you can manipulate the box. I've always felt like the tight ends are the controller. You know, you can decide how many people they're going to attach to the box and the line of scrimmage and, and really control that situation by open sets and closed sets. And when you got guys that can manipulate the run game numbers but also stretch the field, that's the, you know, in my mind, the ultimate equalizer. And so when you got guys like Dev and Jack that have been productive in the, in the past game, you know, you really um, – you can you can get in situations where you know you get guys out in routes that people don't necessarily think can get behind people, and they do that. You know they they can be weaponized on a weekly basis. Right late in the game with Dylan, I think it was after his long run, he's on the bench. It looked like he wanted to come back in, and somebody was kind of pulling him back to give him maybe a couple plays off. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> he he had a couple where I thought he was you know just I could tell he needed a break and. You know, he, he was uh, he was dying to get back in there. And then once I felt like he had, you know, enough of a blow, I told Coach Marks to get him back in there. And, you know, he he just wanted to be in there the whole game. You know, he knew that he was contributing, believed in his abilities. So I just wanted to make sure at the end of the football game that he was fresh. Like when we needed him as most to get his hardest yards, that he was going to be in a position to be, you know, fresh. We've had a couple opportunities where we've had longer drives where Dylan, you know, at the end of the drive, we either pulled him or just at the wrong time. So I wanted to make sure I controlled that narrative myself and had him in at the right time. And then did you ever get any explanation on the foul on Troy? It like his son got ripped off. And yeah. Um, I'm going to give you the PG version. Um, it, it's, uh, yeah, he continued playing when his helmet was off. Um, and it was ripped off. And honestly, it felt like or looked like on film to me that Troy got his helmet ripped off, and then as a defender closed into him out of his peripheral, he just naturally kind of defended himself. And so that act um, was perceived as him continuing to play, which is a foul without your helmet on. So that was a tough break. Um, that was a really tough penalty. He had a tough time there, too. Obviously, he had a good play, and Dylan scored, and um, it was a rough break. Along those lines, did you get an explanation on the, the play where there was the direct snap to Dylan or Mike? Yes, um, it wasn't Mike. The penalty was on Rome to the boundary. Rome had his shoulders turned to the sideline to simulate getting a call. Um, they they said that that was uh, deceptive and that that was illegal. So was it? Yeah, it was perfect. I thought it was really deceptive. <laughs> I thought it was great. So, yeah, we, we obviously, uh, when things like that happen, you know, uh, the biggest thing we have to do as coaches is make sure that we educate the guys. Like, hey, listen, whether we think it was right or not, we, we got to educate you on the rules. And um, this has become a point of emphasis is what the refs have told us. We've done that play numerous times. So have other teams um, hadn't been called. So uh, we just got to follow up and make sure we have clarification with, uh, with the refs. On, on that long drive where, where Dylan did come out, it was we saw time about Rogers coming to the game. Yeah. Now we've seen him down on the goal line against Oregon, and now late in the fourth quarter against USC too. What has he shown you just to feel confident to put him in in, in those spots? Yeah, he's he's been more reliable. He's still got some definitely some room to grow in that regard. But I think the number one the number one piece nobody's questioning you know Tybo's physical ability or what he can do with the ball on his hand. He's he's special that way. Um, his pass protection. 
and just reliability on knowing the system are the two things he's continuing to improve on. Uh, he's still got a lot of, you know, room to grow in that regard. You saw Mike score on, on um, you know, quarterback sneak down the goal line. Tybo was supposed to be tight to the line. He wasn't, you know. So there's still little things like that that he knows he has to improve on, and he's getting better. But it's great. You know, he's out there making a difference on special teams. He's making plays on offense, and um, he's growing every week. On Dylan, am I remembering right when he was coming out of the portal, it kind of took a, a late extra push from you guys to, to get him here? It did. Did you did you have to go back there? did. Yeah, there was a couple of different trips to Mississippi. So, yeah, we uh, went down there and saw him again. And um, there, there was, um, truth be told, there was a little bit of indecision, you know, with – what was going on with me personally. And, and uh, so I think that that hurt a little bit at the time. And, you know, once we got that all cleared up, you know, it was really good. And me and Coach Marks went back down to, to Greenville and saw him and his family again, and, and everything was good after that. So he said, Dylan did it, that he shouldn't have played in the Boise game. And then he went out and got acupuncture after that. You remember any of that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know any of the treatment recommendations or what they actually do to get out there. But um, I know the, the main point, the main thing to me was, you know, Dylan just knew he wasn't himself and wasn't, wasn't playing. He was super frustrated, and he wasn't able to make the plays he knew that he had the ability to make. And so the, the one week that we sat him and tried to get him over the hump a little bit I think was a really good move. And, and I think that was kind of the catalyst to start getting him over that, that next hump and getting him feeling better. And then the play to Devin with, for the touchdown with Mike. Yeah. What does that kind of rank on the list? Of? Oh, I mean, third and 18 and a scramble play, reversing out in the pocket. I mean, it was, it was fantastic. And, uh, you know, the, the layered throw is obviously a phenomenal catch by, by Dev, but just seeing the sideline mechanics on a scramble play and the guys understanding how to be in a layered formation on the sideline and just executing that at a really high level on a scramble play I thought was great. They – Pinned the side down, Dev got behind it, Mike layered the ball behind him, and obviously made a really good play, so it was did awesome. You, did you get a sense of how he had to hang on to that ball, though? Because the side judge is waiting to see if he caught it. Yeah. Feet are in bounds. Yeah. almost got pinned up against his wrist. Man, I, you know, we, we have stressed this since, um, since I've got here, and just a huge testament to the kids to understand that the way you get calls and you don't get plays reviewed is the ball doesn't move. And if you can remember back to last year, CD catching that that um, rail to the field against Oregon State, and the thing never flinched, you know, never moved. And that was a huge play in that game. And you just see it over and over and over. And the guys believe that they know it. That when you're in those sideline situations, um, you know, all you have to do is let the ball bobble a little bit. It's going to get reviewed, potentially overturned. And so just. Dev did a great job, obviously, using strong hands, securing the football. And there's been a lot of those clips, you know, I can think of over the last two years. And that's where, you know, there's just a belief in the guys understanding that, that you know, when it's in the air, it's theirs. And they've done a good job with that. I thought the offensive line played as well as I've seen him in a long, long time. How much of that has to do with not only Julius Bulow being back, but him being back to being healthy and the chemistry he has with those guys? Yeah, Juice, Juice um, I, I thought he played really well. Um, you know, I think he's improving, and, and I thought during the course of the week he got better. And I think, you know, up front, uh, specifically, you know, since the Arizona State game, you know, really put a, a challenge out there to the O-line that they need to practice more physical and they need to practice harder, and, um, and they certainly have. And I think it's paid dividends. I think they're playing harder. I think they're practicing harder, and I think it's showing up on Saturdays. So uh, they'll certainly have to follow that through this week as – 
playing a really physical team. But I think getting them back to a guy that's got a lot of experience like Juice, you know, has really helped us as well. As a follow-up to that, is Garen Hatchett injured? And as a yeah. follow-up to that, you've got Memoir and Worsh as scholarship guys that are out for the season. Are you having to dip into your freshmen beyond Landon Hatchett now as far as reliable backups? Um, you know, really it's probably more of a seven-man game. Um, and Teo, too, is the other guy that's out. So, yeah, Garen is out right now. Um, he has an ankle injury, and, and he's recovering from that. So last night when I saw him, he's, he's still working through it. I, I don't think he, he probably won't be available this week. Um, he'll come back yet this year, but um, he's still working through that pretty significant ankle injury. So he'll get there. But as far as the freshman piece, you know, not, not in a realistic backup type role. I think there's other guys that we just have to shuffle into different places for now. Who was that other name you threw out there? Uh, Teo. Oh, you had right. said the other guys that were out and, and Teo are starting center and he we were watching film the other day. I saw him on some cut ups and you know, you just get bummed thinking about how where he would be right now as well. And Parker's playing great, but having Parker and Teo in the lineup was awesome. You alluded to it, but you're going up against a defense that allows eighty eight rushing yards a game, one of the better sack defenses in the country. What's that challenge like from a from a physical standpoint, what you're gonna have to bring on Saturday? Yeah, I think they're uh, they're the most physical defense we've seen, and uh, you know they're the champs. You know, and that's what we told the guys: you're going out there to play the champs. They're back-to-back Pac-12 champs. Uh, they're a really well-coached football team. Um, this isn't a new defense they're learning. They're not in a new place. It's a lot of consistency within that program, and those are the teams that have grooved reps and and understand how to how to get ready for a good game plan and go into a big game on the road. So certainly. They'll be ready for that and the test that, that we'll give them. Um, but the guys are looking forward to it. I think they're excited to, to play another big game and, um, you know, just one at a time. How close was J-Mac to coming back and where's his availability? Yeah, he's getting a, another – he's getting a second opinion on Tuesday. Um, so tomorrow he's, he's going to see another set of doctors that um, help out with the Seahawks. Uh, so that – should either help move him along a little bit more or give us a better idea of what else we need to do to get him back to full strength. Is there a decision on Giles Jackson this week? Is he on the bubble? We, he's, he's still under four, so we're moving full steam ahead. Yep, one game at a time. And right now, you know, Giles made some critical catches and, and plays in the game. And right now we need him, and uh, we'll, we'll plan on playing him this Does week. you get one more after this before you have to decide what to do? With he's, this will be his fourth. Yep, this would be his fourth one. I know the bowl games don't count toward that, but does the Pac-12 with potential Pac-12? No, postseason games don't count. So, yeah, I mean, once we get to the Apple Cup, we're clear sailing. I've got to figure that out, though. On Michael's quarterback sneak? Yeah. Jones Jackson hit a jump shot? All three uh, receivers did, yeah. Boston's was pathetic, but the other two guys look pretty good. <laughs> Who put that in? Oh, that's got to be Shep, I'm sure. Or the guys, who knows? I, don't even, I didn't even ask. I'm sure it was the guys. What was – did I see Giles Jackson take a free throw or a jump shot? On yeah, that's what he was just talking. So, on Mike's quarterback sneak, all three guys did a little fadeaway. <laughs> all good. Thanks. Hey, Coach, I know during practice you guys have the vests on where you're tracking guys and how much they're moving and energy and stuff. Yep. Do your defensive linemen wear that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we've gotten to the point now where we've got quite a few guys that are in it. So, we've got guys, uh, you know, our strength staff does a good job. They've gotten some more vests so we can track GPS data daily. 
How was it for your lineman on Saturday? Crazy, yeah. I mean, guys were running miles and miles and miles. I, you know, obviously, um, you know, you watch on film, there's plays where, um, you know, he's, he's obviously very challenging to get on the ground, but just guys in the back half running, you know, back and forth across the field three, four times and defensive ends and backers chasing him. And, and um, you know, I think that was one thing that, uh, you know, I told the guys after the game, I mean, they were relentless in, in staying on top of continuing to fight through every single play and give great effort every single play um, and minimize, you know, the damage when he was out of the pocket. How special of a moment was it for Zion to get that sack? Given oh, man. It's, yeah, I don't, I don't think you could script it any better. I mean, I think it's, uh, he's such a, you know, obviously he's such a big piece of what we do um, and has been through, you know, just uh, an unbelievable experience. Um, and for him to have that happen, I'm just so happy for him. You know, he's got a lot of things he's dealing with right now. But I think, you know, when you're really invested in the kids on the team and they're all invested in each other, you just, man, you couldn't, uh, you, can, you can't write a better story than, than having that happen. And it was, you know, clearly, uh, I mean, a massive play in the game. Um, you know, giving us a super short field, go in, take the lead. I mean, just just an absolute critical play. Chuck, he had talked after Zion did after the game about potentially not playing. Yeah. What were those conversations like with him during the week? Well, I, I mean, we just really left it to him, you know, and just, you know, gave him a little bit of space and, hey, what do you want to do and, and how do you want to approach this? And, you know, he, he came in one day just definitive. He goes, you know, just told us, hey, there's no doubt. Um, my dad will want me playing. Um, I want to play. I want to be there for the team, and and it was clear cut, you know, right from early in the week that he was he was going to be out there on the field. Saw a lot of Mish at safety in, in that game. Is that necessity because of the injury situation? Yeah, necessity for sure. You know, and and um, told you know some of those guys, him and Jabbar, uh, really appreciate veteran guys like that when you get in certain situations and you just go into them on you know Monday game plan day Tuesday and say hey this is what we need this week. And him switching positions and then Jabbar moving positions for the week um, was absolutely imperative to, you know, what we felt like was going to give us our best chance to, to, to come out with a win. And, uh, and those guys, uh, man, they put in so much time last week because there were, you know, a lot of new things that they had to learn uh, in order to go out and be successful. And they still made some mistakes, and there's no doubt about that. But at the same time, I look at that, that's on me. If, you know, and I'm asking guys to play new positions, and um, but really proud of them for going out and being able to pull that off. Nine pressures by Braylon Saturday. I guess PFF says the most in college football. And yeah. Felt like if you're playing anybody else besides Caleb Williams, you may have had ten sacks in that game. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, there's, I mean, it was, uh, man, it was a battle for the ages. You sit and watch the end zone copy and. You know the chess match every play where you know Braylon's going to get loose, um, and it's just a matter of, you know, um, you know, thirteen contorting his body's his body in some you know bizarre ways uh, to be able to get away from him. But you know, but then it, the 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 characteristic of of Trice that I, I know it's been said a lot of times how hard he plays. It's 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 incredible. You know, even after. Um, Caleb would get away from him. I mean, he is running full speed, trying to chase his ass down and, and, and working to get him on the ground. So, um, yeah, it was fun to watch. And, and very, you know, Trice is, is playing great for us right now and extremely disruptive. As good as Caleb Williams is, I think I saw a stat where he has the most time to throw that any quarterback in the country, and that's because of how elusive he is. How hard is it for you to really judge if your defense played that well or not?
Yeah, I mean, I, I think you just, you look at it through the lens of controllable and non-controllable. Like, you know, and I, I know that's a coach's cliche. We talk about, you know, control the controllables. And there are certainly things, you know, throughout the course of the game that, that, that that's controllable and we need, to, we need to hammer it out. We need to fix it. And then there's, there's, you know, seven or eight things that he did that's outside of our control. Guys are playing really hard. We're getting him to the right spot. We're pushing him the right direction that we want to push him to. And, and he still makes the play he makes. You got to tip your hat. I mean, he's a you know generational talent, and and you got to accept some of those plays. And I think we really focus a little bit more on not some of the amazing plays that he made. It's just like what can we do, and at times, and what plays that we should have taken care of, and really make sure we button those up and address those. How well do you think your defense played on? Yeah, I thought we were. I thought we were up and down. You know, I probably the probably look at just the consistency, the finish. Uh, really proud of the guys uh, for the finish. Uh, you know, I really, if we look at, uh, you know, one specific series, the drive in the second quarter uh, was a disappointment for us. I think you get them in a backed up position and, um, you know, certainly something we hang our, our defense on is, is fitting up the run and being in the right spots. And, you know, there's that series where, um, you know, the run game went all the way down the field rapidly. And that's something that we, that's unacceptable from our standpoint. Our, our guys know that, uh, staff, everybody. Um, obviously really important. So when I look at that piece of it, that piece of it's disappointing because we're always going to be sound in our run game. And there was, there was a, a couple of times where we weren't. And uh, it's something that we've got to get fixed. How did uh, Thule come out of it? Was he on a limited count? Yeah, we just pitch snap. I mean, we're just, you know, we, need, we know how desperately we need him as a, a huge factor for us here going down the back half of the season. And, and you know, his game is, is probably not chasing around the, the uh, you know, uh, 13 all day. Um, so we did have him on a limited pitch snap and, and pitch count. And then, uh, but we are expecting now he feels good coming out of the weekend at 14, 15 snaps. And, you know, hopefully we can at least double that going into this week. We're going to need him this week. With the delayed flea flicker, or however you'd call that, is that something you've seen before? What was your reaction to that play in particular? I mean, it's a, well, I'll say, I'll say several things about that play. First of all, we, we work versions of reverse flea flicker all the time. Um, to have a one-man uh, outside zone and then the guy that got handed the ball reverse the field of direction by himself and be the reverse guy and then pitch it back to the quarterback, that one was new. Um, so I'm going to tip my hat to uh, SC's coaching staff on that one. Um, you know, the guys got into – you know, we we're great defending the initial piece of the play, um, but then once all, you know, once uh, number one started reversing fields, it felt like, you know, a lot of guys felt like he was cutting back because we were good at the point of attack, like he was cutting back and guys started pursuing. And that's when all of a sudden, um, you know, Caleb steps back and they pop it back to him and um, it's good play design. Vince Dunley played for the first time since Arizona. What's his availability? And I guess what led to him being able to play Saturday? Yeah, I, I won't get into the deep details on, on that, but uh, I say it's great to have him back. Um, planning on um, using him a bunch coming up here. So he's good moving forward? Correct. Yep. How do you feel like your corners are playing the ball? It, it's easy for fans and people like me to sit there sure. and watch defenders not turning around, you know, with their backs to the quarterback when balls are completed. How do you want those guys to play? Like yeah, I mean, we're always trying to play stuff top down. And, and, you know, I think a couple of the plays, I mean, if you look back, the fourth and one play, right? I mean, it's, uh, it's another one that where I'm going to put that in the category of, you know, tip my hat to 13 on it. They're running quarterback. It's fourth and one. They're running uh, quarterback power slash T-pipe, uh, you know, the pop pass, the old T-bow pop pass to the other side of the field. The guy that catches the ball 
is got to be the 12th guy in the read progression. He's the last throw. Uh, EJ's in good position on him and competitive, and it's an amazing play, you know. So, uh, you know, I think there's times like that where it's like as long as guys are competing at the top of the route, we're good. Um, you know, but there's other times where, you know, at times throughout the course of the season, we've been a little bit handsy on some stuff and, and got to be better about staying clean with our hands and, and making sure that we're not grabbing a wrist or grabbing a piece of jersey. What about uh, possible offensive PI on a couple of those? Because it sure looked like yeah. pushed off on EJ. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, obviously we felt that way. But at the same standpoint, I mean, I, I've told every – you tell every DBA ever there's no such thing as offensive PI, right? I mean, they're just – it's a fact. It's a fact of the matter, and, and um, you know, be as physical as you can at the top of the route. And then, of course, there's some separation there. But I don't know. You know, you just don't see that call come out that often. And and so, um, at the end of the day, it's like, hey, did you compete at the top of the route as hard as you can? And then you got to live with the live with the results. How some of your younger corners progressed, and do you feel like any of them, Caleb Curley, anybody, are they even remotely close to? No, those guys. Are, those guys are improving. There's no doubt about that. But I mean, if you look at the portion of the season. The, who we're playing against right now. I mean, there's an entirely, I mean, now the, those guys get to go up against, uh, you know, Rome and, and guys like that every day, which is really good for their development. But then there's an entirely different level being ready to execute game plan in, in, in massive moments. I mean, I think every play is massive for us right now. And so, you know, they're not quite ready for that type of spotlight. You guys have uh, never hesitated to put a freshman out in the field with the game still on the line and, you know, Parker and Green last year. Did I see Jacob Lane out there at the end of this game? Yeah, absolutely. Was that because uh, Sakai got banged up? Yeah, well, and I think Jacob's been making some fantastic progress. I mean, I, we're, we are very, very pleased with him. I think he is going to be, you know, the next – he's got a chance, if he continues to develop, is going to be one of the next dynamic edges at, at UW um, and has been playing uh, extremely well in practice. and. You know, obviously we got short on a couple of guys out there on Saturday, and, and he's taken a lot of practice reps to the point that we're getting to, to trust him and know that he's an elusive pass rusher and critical situations like, okay, let's go get the quarterback young pup. And um, and, and there's and he's on a, a fantastic track upward trend right now for us. Goforth was really familiar with everybody on that team. How much help was he pregame, or was he able to sniff anything out? You know, we got a little bit of tidbits throughout the course of the week. Obviously, he's gone against that offense, you know, daily in practice for, you know, some time. And so we got a little bit of a feel. And, you know, but really leading up to, I know it was a really emotional game for him and, and wanted him to, you know, focus on just taking care of, you know, what he needed to handle. But had some good insight on, on a few things for us that, you know, just some, just some small detailed things that uh, were, were good things for us to know. Um, but at the same time, it was kind of a, it was a great day for him, you know, obviously being able to, I, I'm so excited for him. The, that third and five end of the game, he gets to make the tackle on their sideline. What a cool, what a cool deal for him. Good. Thanks, guys. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at New Balance. Dot com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, I think just uh, wrapping up last week, just uh, again, said it's uh, Saturday, but proud of uh, the, the resiliency and just proud of the fight. Um, just uh, it being in the moment, never, uh, never having regrets on anything that happened and just focusing on moving forward. And uh, guys are, I think, during the course of the week, always looking to improve. And uh, that's why, you know, we, uh, we have the success. It's one thing to say, but it's another thing to do it, uh, you know, when it comes to wanting to improve and believing that still needs to happen at this time of the season. So, um, you know, we have uh, won a lot of different ways. And, you know, I think uh, whether it's each side of the ball and what they do, uh, you know, seeing the run game certainly have its moment. Uh, you know, Saturday was a big deal. And uh, just, uh, you know, the growth of our football team, you know, from uh, one week to the next, I think happens in different ways. <laughs> Question? How frustrated were you at the time with the pick? You got a chance to go up two scores. Started the third quarter. Tell, tell me about kind of how the team kind of battled back from that. Yeah, I don't know if I'm frustrated. I mean, I just understand that that's part, you know, part of what we do. I mean, when nine cuts it loose, I got nothing but 100% confidence that, uh, you know, he's making the right read, making the throw. And I mean, you got a 6'6 six, six linebacker, which doesn't happen very often with a, a long wingspan. And, I mean, if after that ball is a couple inches higher, it's a touchdown, you know. And so throwing on time and, uh, you know, delivering it right where it needed to be. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that was, I think, what you're getting to is, uh, you know, it was a big moment where you can take a two-score lead and really felt that going back into the end of the f first half when uh, ZTF got the stack and the strip sack, um, you know, and knowing that we were getting the ball to start the third quarter, um, that's a big you know, that's a big thing for us is that momentum going to the locker room, coming out and, uh, you know, kind of squandered that momentum away a little bit there. But uh, just knowing that still, hey, worst case scenario, it's a tie game. Um, but uh, let's keep fighting. Let's keep playing. And that's what our guys did. And uh, never looked back. Nothing on the sideline. It was all about, you know, the next drive mindset uh, from the offense and the defense going out there and just, uh, you know, playing when their number's called. Coach, after the game, you and Zion, the, the cameras caught it on the post game. You and Zion had a pretty mm. emotional moment together. And um, without getting too specific, what were what were maybe some of the thoughts you were sharing with him? Yeah, I think it's just that uh, you know how much everyone loves him, and um, you know um, us understanding what he's been going through. Um, it was a hard week. I think just you know I had a lot of flashes of just you know what it was like a week ago, you know, when he found out uh, about his dad and, um, you know, right after the Stanford game and then uh, what that week was like, you know, and how it was hard for him uh, throughout the course of the week. And then, you know, just even during the course of the game, I think there was a couple I caught him caught one time. I think it was even right after he made the big play, you know, just a, an emotional time on the sideline. I mean, he just working through it, you know, personally, um, a lot of those type of flies and then just, just knowing uh, the journey that we've been on together and how special of a person he is, you know, that it was more about those thoughts and just wanting to reiterate to him, you know, how, how proud we are of him, um, how much we appreciate uh, what, 
you know, the brotherhood means to, you know, because I heard him say, you know, that he had to be there for his brothers. And, you know, that's uh, that certainly, you know, goes the other way, too, where we all need to be there for him. So um, he's, he's such a special, not just special talent, but a special person. What did you see in the, the blocked punt and what kind of went wrong there? Yeah, we just had one player not, uh, you know, block. You know, it was really not a scheme thing. I mean, they weren't even really coming at us hard. So um, really caught us off guard that uh, – we had a we had a breakdown there. When you went back and watched it, how special was that twenty-two yarder from Penix to roll or Penix to Culp on the rollout? Ball perfect ball placement. Is that one of his better throws that he's made? Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot going on there, right? Third down and and to to get flushed out of the pocket and then just eyes downfield. Uh, we preach it, we work it all the time with the scramble <laughs> drill and uh, the spacing for different guys on different layers on levels um, and just. You know, then the, the, the ability, right, of Mike to make the throw, uh, to Dev to be able to go up and make that catch, be strong. You know, a lot of times guys worried about their feet and they don't catch the ball first. He catches it, you know, has to fight for it and then still gets, you know, not really almost two feet down. So uh, just a, a great play. He's done that a couple times for us. I think about the Arizona game um, on, the, on the, I think it was a third down play. Uh, really highly contested, uh, man. It's just seeing—it's cool seeing Dev, you know, have these moments, and uh, he's worked really hard to to be prepared for that time. You know, when those times when they come. Okay, you know, another guy that um, kind of got almost overlooked and had—I thought a huge play in the game was Voy Tanufi at the end. Yeah, you know, and and the thing is, is uh, Voy coming off. You talking about the sack? Yeah. Yeah. Just the thing about Voy is uh, he's a little lower to the ground. We all know, right? And so him being able to adjust and and be in that spot, uh, you know, I've seen him do that a couple times. I remember the sack he had, I think, at the end of the Arizona game last year too. You know, just he's uh, in the right place. Uh, he's a he's a he's a crafty guy. He, you know, um, instinctual and. Um, you know, there's a there's obviously a game that we're playing with him and the other uh, guys up front, and and seeing him come off, uh, you know, you got a lot of confidence when Voy's in that position to finish the play, and he did. You know, he held on, and uh, man, that was a big play, big moment for us. Almost a defensive tackle again now instead of an pressure. We did have him play some um, in in all week long. Uh, we did move him inside, um, and that's the beauty of Voy. You know, he. He'll do whatever you ask, um, and uh, he does it well. You know whether it's playing edge, playing interior, and that uh, that will change from week to week depending on our needs. Kalen, back to Zion for a second. The, when you hear him talk about wanting to be there for his his brothers, and you see the support that you know you were offering plus his, his teammates, what does that tell you about the the way you've been able to build this culture within you know two seasons to where it has that sort of level of strength to it? Yeah, yeah, I'm proud. I mean, I, I mean, I just um, I'm proud of the way the guys just are there for each other, you know, and that, um, you know, that they they're willing to sacrifice uh, whatever the words are that you want to use to, you know, put the team in front of them, um, even in their hardest times. But um, yeah, it's, I'm just I'm just really proud, you know, and that was a, a thing I wanted to make sure I continued to echo it to him is how much he means to to our whole football team. At this time of year, everybody's dinged up. Are you going full steam ahead, or are you having to throttle some stuff back during the week? Uh, we've we've cut back a little bit on practices, uh, whether it's uh, you know a certain situation or you know uh, competitive drills that we do. Um, we've cut back a period or two, um, you know, five or ten minutes uh, from practice. So um, that 
really was something that we would have done. Um, we kind of used the templates from all the years have been doing this and um, there comes to kind of each week and, and we reassess really Sunday and Monday, you know, just kind of where we're at and if it's time to peel back. Um, but that doesn't change the intensity. The intensity of those periods needs to be at an extremely high level. You know, we can take five or 10 minutes off of practice, but uh, the guys understand that, hey, we're doing that so that you can give uh, give 100%, and uh, we do not want the intensity level um, because then that's where the execution starts dropping off and all those type of things. So. Uh, the guys know that we're there uh, trying to work for them to try to help them be as fresh as they can. So Saturdays, um, they're ready to roll. Brady Gross had some some pretty big shoes to fill this year. Was that, how much growth have you seen from him? Maybe not just in the field goal department, but yeah. what he's done on kickoffs too. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, within the team, um, Grady's really become a, a favorite. You know, I mean, just uh, – you know his clip, uh, his him knocking the field goal through. Uh, yet, you know, was the first clip I showed the whole team. You know, and when everyone sees him lining up uh, to kick, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of hoots and hollers by our team. Uh, you know, just excited for him and how he's, you know, how he's just accepted the challenge and the opportunity and um, him knocking the kicks through consistently and then the kickoffs. Uh, he's just. You know, it's a tough task to, you know, a lot of people do it, but I think you see throughout the course of the year, and it's a, it was a concern of mine um, because I do have a belief that if you can have one guy do one thing and one guy do the other when it comes to kickoffs and the field goal work, um, that it can help save your leg in the long haul of the season. But um, Grady's done a great job of, uh, you know, uh, watching his reps and during the week, our coaching staff's done a good job of really working with him, and he stayed fresh, he stayed sharp, and uh, you know that whole unit uh, from from Jaden to Jack Holding to uh, Grady, um, they're really they're on point. You know the times are, the timing is good, um, it's quick. Um, our blocking, uh, they believe that uh, if they do their part, um, the rest of it will be executed. Um, but Grady's just. Um, done an awesome job. We're super proud of him. On the kickoffs, is there a balance between hey, you've got a guy who can put it through the end zone most of the time, so just do that, and, and maybe wanting to, to pop it up a little and bait people into trying to, to return it on you guys? Yeah, I think right now it's just, uh, you know, there's, there's two things. I mean, we're one of the best in the country right now when it comes to our kickoff coverage team. And uh, most times we're just telling Grady to just fly it through the end zone and um, – you know, uh, you know that that uh, he, he's done a really good job of that. Um, you know, you're seeing teams right now. Even we do pop it up; they're just fair catching because uh, they see the mindset our guys have running down the football field. And even times now, it's not they're not even getting to the 20 yard line. So, um, you know, might as well just kick it through the end zone. Uh, sometimes the wind, uh, you know, the air uh, affects that a little bit, so you can't count on that. So the the weak of work that we're put in, um, making sure we're executing our jobs. Um, these guys are really taking a lot of pride in in that as a whole unit with the kickoff. So it starts with Grady, you know, his location, his depth, all that stuff matters. But uh, we do have some of those kicks in different areas in our arsenal if we need them. So yeah, you saw ran for 350 on ASU. How much of that was them just running the clock out up 34-3 and how much of that was them just pushing ASU around the Yeah, I mean they got a, they're 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 very physical and we all know um, 
you know, not from experience, I can't say personally, but I just know watching their film over the years, um, and again this year, um, that being physical, being tough, um, it's what they pride themselves on. That's how they feel they've, they, they're, they're going to go attack the game, and, and that's been, you know, a big part of their success in winning back-to-back -back conference championships. So, um, huge hats off to them and uh, the belief in their uh, identity and what they do, and uh, that carries over to what they do defensively too, because uh, they're very tough and physical there. So, have any of your players uh, brought up the last Utah-Washington game, where it was Utah went up uh, 21 zip at halftime, and the Huskies won it in the last. Uh, 30 seconds. No, we, have, we haven't had really any, any of those conversations. You know, we met on Sunday and gave them a brief intro on everything uh, from the team aspect and our approach to uh, a little bit of offense and defense, uh, you know, personnel. But, uh, yeah, we haven't talked. You know, this is – and, again, I always kind of – I mean, there might be a historical piece once in a while I throw at the guys, but kind of the common theme each and every week uh, when these different things do come up has been that this is about the 2023 Huskies, you know. And so um, sometimes there's some interesting information, you know, especially after the fact uh, when you play a game that uh, it's cool for the guys to hear. You so what the issues with a run game that Chuck talked about Saturday versus USC, what needs to be cleaned up? Specifically before this game. Yeah, I think it's just uh, it's it's one guy just um, you know knowing where knowing where you got to force the ball back to once in a while. I mean and and uh, I mean that that's that was the strength of uh, their football team. Still, I mean I know thirteen and he just adds another level to it. But um, that was uh, what they do. Um, said it all week long um, that you know they were averaging uh, you know nearly double digits uh, in yards per carry when it came to rushing the football is just, uh, you know, it's what they do. Uh, and so doesn't mean that it's okay, you know, from our end to, to allow that to continue to happen because I think we take a lot of pride in that. Um, we've done a good job against the run. Um, you know, I'd like to last year was probably a little bit better than this year, but, uh, you know, we get our guys healthy and we get them all out there. Uh, you know, uh, we're, 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 pretty good against the, the run. So I think especially when it comes to the execution. But um, there was a couple plays where it was just unfortunate that uh, drive, I know Coach Morrell was just talking about, uh, you know, when we had him backed up. There's just a couple execution things, just guys knowing where they need to be, uh, fighting through uh, a certain shoulder, forcing the ball a certain way, um, rather than taking a ball, taking a, def taking a blocker on thick. And, uh, you know, now all of a sudden the backer, the running back's got a two-way go, and uh, everyone's trusting that that ball is going to be funneled in a certain direction. So, we've been pretty good on that, and that's why we haven't given up many explosives. But even on that drive alone, those were the two biggest explosives we've given up all year rushing the football. Utah's got a, a safety who also plays running back at times. Vaki <coughs> just seems kind of a unique player. When you look at him on, on film, what do you see and how unique is that kind of skill set in the way that they use him? Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Uh, I, you know, I didn't realize that till yesterday, you know, just we haven't had a lot of carryover on both sides of the ball watching the film. And so um, seeing what he does, uh, you know, defensively and then uh, the explosiveness and when, how many times he touches it and what the yards are per carry, um, it's, it's impressive. So, uh, Pretty, pretty good athlete there, um, and they're util utilizing their athletes uh, to help win football games, you know, piecing it together, um, I know, with without rising. But uh, now is what I think you see is you see them developing their kind of their rhythm, you know, the last few weeks, uh, you know, offensively. I just feel like they're 
they're sharper. You know, I know the the Oregon game they got. Um, you know, shut down more so, but uh, the identity, the understanding of roles, um, the things that they're trying to do, um, you know, adding a few more things, even with some tempo this last week against ASU, um, just uh, just a lot of things that they're just continuing to tap into now that they know who their people are. Yeah, the, the one and all mentality that a lot of teams and coaches, as you guys have, how hard is that to continue to make sure the kids subscribe to that with the enormity of what you guys have done and what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. I think it's hard when um, when maybe you don't have uh, the experiences that we've had because of the success that having that mindset gives you. Um, and you know, for us, um, yeah, it's always going to be a challenge, right? It's just human nature uh, is to when things are really hard um, to to you know to not look ahead and have some regrets. When things are really good, human nature just says, hey, let off the gas and relax a little bit. Um, and for us, um, you know, can't say it's perfect all the time, but I think we do it as good as anyone does as far as being focused in the moment. Um, yes, realizing and trying to enjoy the, enjoy the moment too, trying to enjoy the journey we're on um, and realize what we're accomplishing, but also understand because of what we've done, man, there are some big moments ahead. and. Uh, the main moment is this Saturday, um, and our guys are are ready. I mean, they're they're excited about uh, another big, big time opponent coming into Husky Stadium. Um, and you know, just you know, I think last week you could see them realizing, hey, you know, the, we're we're on the home stretch here, and there's uh, there's not a lot of practices left. You know, when you really look at it, three three practices a week. I know there's some walkthroughs and Fridays and things like that, but. There's really three practices a week. We're talking about nine practices for the rest of the regular season, um, and that's going to go in a blink of an eye. So, man, take the mo take advantage of everything they worked for to put us in the spot we're in, and uh, you know, let's go attack. How are you health wise going into Saturday? And any update on Jalen McMillan? Yeah, I would I would say uh, Jalen will be questionable. Um, you know, there's some things we'll figure out here this week, uh, understand better and more. Um, you know just trying to figure out what's best for him. And, and I know he wants that and just some clarity too. Um, um, and just confirmation, I guess, not clarity, but more confirmation. So, uh, but I'd say he's, he's questionable. And then, um, yeah, I think uh, for the most part, um, you know, just maybe, uh, may, maybe uh, some guys at Edge just got to work through some, some bruises, some things with football, you know, just typical contact stuff, uh, but we'll, we should be all right. I mean, who you saw on Saturday, um, you know, I think really that's who we should be able to have out there on the football field this coming Saturday. Did the Asa win knocked out a little bit when he fell on his back? Yeah, 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 he did. We just land flat on his back there, so, yeah. Asa? Yeah, we, we won't have Asa this weekend. Yep, yep. Jalen, has there been any discussion of shutting him down or any concern that that he might not be able to, to come back this season just with kind of how tenuous? I, I, I don't – I mean, as of right now, I don't think that's what it is because I just – I mean, we've, we've brought him back. He's just been really close. Um, and and I, I, we wouldn't have brought him back if we didn't feel he was there, you know, um, because, you know, there is a long game picture even for this season that we were really uh, hoping, you know, that he – as far as his involvement. But um, we wouldn't have brought him back if we didn't feel like he was ready. He wouldn't have come back. I mean, that's just the our doctors wouldn't have – put him in that spot either so um just uh just you know trying to trying to get i've used it a couple times to trying to get over the hump with him just to get to that next level to where um he feels good about it feels confident um you know and he, 
he's again not that far away, you know. And so just uh, I think uh, getting confidence in what he's feeling and um, is a, is a big piece of it too. Uh, it I would I would I would hope that he he'd be back here, at, you know, this season yet. How does the conversation work with Giles Jackson? Like, is that something where his parents get involved? I mean, how, how do you guys kind of walk through that with him? Yeah, I mean, Giles, I mean, it, it, we certainly are always okay with talking with parents if that needs needs be. But, uh, you know, I think Giles um, has expressed to us that he will do whatever the team needs. And, um, I mean, that's just the type of guy he is. Um, I think if there was a, ch- a way um, and it worked out, you know, he keeping that extra year um, would be something he'd be in favor of. But he also realizes that these times uh, – you know, may never come again. You just can't take it for take it for granted that you're going to be in a in a championship run and um, have this type of season as a team that we're having. So he'll do whatever the team needs. Um, he's just that unselfish, and um, you know we appreciate that about him. But guys, uh, that we've had we've just you know conversations week to week. You guys have been dynamic at times in the return game. You know, we, Rome had the punt return, and Jeremy's been real good. And but of course injuries mm-hmm. are health is an issue. Do you, do you think about bringing Jeremy back to that place or, or Rome or, or at this point is pri- the priority just to keep those guys healthy? Yeah, I think that, I think that could happen. I think there, there are times and places and, and those guys, I mean, you know, especially Germ, um, I think he's still kind of just working back and he, he wouldn't be the same, especially for the punt return role. Um, but I'm not, not saying that this week he couldn't be um, just physically, um, you know, there's a lot of side to side movement and things like that. Uh, and so, um, you know, just th- there might be a chance we'll re- always re- reevaluate week to week, uh, especially with Germ, I think, uh, in his situation, because he was doing such a really good job there on the kickoff returns. Um, Daniel's got a lot of ability back there, too. He broke some tackles and did a nice job on Saturday. Awesome. Thank you. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.